Bandwidth for ChangeLog is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com. Live from Dunkin' Donuts, I'm Mark Bates, and this is Go Time. It's Go Time, a weekly podcast where we discuss interesting topics around the Go programming language, the community, and everything in between. If you currently write Go or aspire to, this is the show for you. All right, everybody, welcome back for another episode of Go Time. We are back from a long two-week vacation. Uh, hopefully, everybody got some uh, rest and relaxation and maybe some detox time. On today's show, the panel consists of myself, Eric St. Martin. Carlicia Pinto is also on the call. Say hello, Carlicia. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, you're ruining it. I thought I'm I was collecting you. <laughs> you ruined it, Carlicia. Game over. You all sound like a well-oiled machine. Let me just yeah, throw that one out there. Clearly, this, this has been practiced several times. I was holding back the laughter until Carlicia. <clears throat> all right, so we also have Brian Kettleson. Hello. There was a, a slight delay there. <laughs> Hello. And, and today's special guest, uh, live from Dunkin' Donuts, apparently, is Mark Bates. Hello. Are you taking orders, Mark? <laughs> it's a very uh, caffeinated Mark Bates sitting here in the corner of a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Coming to you live. Well, thank you for fields. sprinting to Dunkin' Donuts to get power since the power went out in your block. We appreciate that very much. Oh, glad I could eventually find a place. But the show must go on. It, it, that's, what they, that's what they say. We have a saying in the show business, and we are in show business, even though Adam doesn't follow us on Twitter. We are in show business. And that saying is that the show must go on. I've got, I've got some great stories about that, but probably not safe for this podcast. <laughs> this is a family-friendly podcast. Thanks for filtering yourself we appreciate it then we're going to be in trouble because almost all of my stories are highly inappropriate oh <laughs> we're in trouble you have to shift them from not safe for work to somewhat safe for work okay okay i'll just substitute <laughs> anything bad with the word belgium and we should be fine <laughs> and then belgium <laughs> yeah this is going to be a good show folks all right let's get to it because i am dying to know what it is that it is the big secret. Oh, yes. The big oh, the, the big secret. Yeah, well, I can't talk about the big secret. Oh, come on. <laughs> I thought you came I, on the podcast to talk about the big secret. I did. And then yesterday, the big secret got even bigger, bigger and better. Uh, way bigger. Than I could have. Yeah, than I could have ever imagined it would. And so uh, we have to not talk about the big secret today. But. There is uh, something really cool to talk about that a lot of people may not already be aware of, which is your new project that you've been working on. Yes, we can talk about Buffalo, uh, gobuffalo.io, uh, till the cows come home, or until the buffalo come home anyway. Till the buffaloes come home, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm very, I'm very excited about Buffalo. We, that I definitely want to talk about because it's, it's some pretty cool stuff, I think. So why don't you start by telling us what the hell Buffalo is? <laughs> Besides just a terrible name uh, for any project, Buffalo is a, another web framework in Go. I use the word another because there are a collection of them out there. Um, this one aims to be slightly different in that 
I have decided not to reinvent the wheel that a lot of these frameworks have invented, but instead I'm gluing together a bunch of my absolute favorite packages and kind of putting them together in a, if you use this opinionated set of packages, your life developing web frameworks, web apps and Go will be as nice as, and I'm saying this with huge quotes and a huge like lick of salt, Rails. (laughs) (laughs) That five letter word that no one likes to talk about. So when I first heard about Buffalo, my my first thought was the XKCD standards comic. You know, like you have 14 competing standards. Ridiculous. We need to develop one. A 15th, yeah. So what was kind of the motivation for creating another web framework? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, the why has haunted me for a while. I keep writing one, want to write a blog post about the why. Um, I have over the years tried several of the big Go frameworks, and I'm not going to name any names that I don't want to, you know poop Belgium on anybody's framework. We're not um, shaming anybody. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I've tried a lot of them, and the biggest problems i found with a lot of them is they're A, either not idiomatic go, uh, B, they're too complex, um, C, they don't think of the problem holistically. They don't start you off right from the beginning with here's a generated kind of base of things to work with. Just start plugging in your code. It's here's our framework. Start typing out our framework code so you can then start doing your thing Um, and taking it from, you know, front end, including an asset pipeline through a good templating system, through good testing and good frameworks, good routing and good middleware and all that sort of stuff. That's really what I was looking for. And that's kind of how Buffalo came to be. It was years of me curating these packages and building essentially Buffalo for every single web app I've developed in Go uh, and got sick and tired of doing that. So that's kind of how Buffalo was born. So would it be accurate to say that you took the best of all of the packages that exist out there, sprinkled in some super glue and turned it into what you're calling in air quotes, a framework? Uh, yeah, that's that's about right. Uh, if you look at the core Buffalo package itself, most of it is just glue code. Um, there are a lot of sub. There are a handful of sub packages that do other things, like provide basic rendering um, frameworks. You know, that can be extended using a very simple interface and stuff like that. But overall, it's you know, I found a great you know. Uh, you know, router, for example, the Gorilla Mux router is a great router. So great, let's wrap that. Let's wrap that in the ability to add some nice middleware on it and easy to use declarative syntax, a context structure, the ability to skip middleware, which nobody really does, um, but very useful. Um, so that's sort of glue work. And, and even things like the asset pipeline, I just pulled in Webpack and set up Webpack for you and made it kind of all work. So just taking the best of all those worlds. What What is an asset pipeline? Can you explain that for people like me who don't know a damn thing about the web? <laughs> yeah, I know that because I've tried to help you with it several times. Oh. <laughs> there's, there's, the pain. Knows, I know. I love you, Brian. But yeah, you. Uh, I thought I was bad at front-end work. but <laughs> We won't shame web frameworks, but we will shame people. <laughs> yeah, apparently shaming Brian is perfectly okay. <laughs> Has it? Oh, is that not? I got a document saying to shame Brian from Eric. Was I not supposed to do that? Oh, I didn't get that. No, you're fine. That's another document, Brian. We have it on the side. <laughs> you're fine, Mark. Go ahead. 
so an asset pipeline, uh, it's a coin, it's a term kind of coined from the Rails world, but essentially it is a build system around your JavaScript and your style sheets and your images and the like. Um, in the Rails world, they do it all in Ruby, and it's painfully slow and difficult to use. Um, and in other worlds, they use tools like Webpack, which are faster but also uh, <laughs> difficult to use, as I've found out, but it's the latest and greatest. Um, so I pull that in, and the nice thing about that is by using something like that, you can develop ES6 right out of the box with Buffalo. You can use SAS style sheets right out of the box with Buffalo. The Buffalo dev command does hot code reloading of both your Go app and your assets. So as those change, it recompiles them and they're ready for you in your browser when you get there. The Buffalo build command will build up a binary of all of your code, your Go code, your assets, your migrations, everything. It's one single binary. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty slick stuff, I think. Wait, 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 wait. Go back for just a minute. Did you say that you bundle all of the assets and the migrations directly into the binary? Well, yes, I do, Brian. I did say that. <laughs> that is freaking amazing. It is. It's uh, one binary to rule the world, as I like to say. How do you enable such magic? <laughs> magic. Uh, through the power of code generation, Brian. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely a lot of magic going on. Um, I, all I would say is if you follow the quote-unquote Buffalo way, if you, if you generate a st stock Buffalo app and you use it as such and you use the asset pipeline and the way, it's, the, 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 the way the folder structure is set up for you and everything, when you run that Buffalo build, it just grabs all that, holds onto it, makes a binary that you can run, you know, my binary, migrate, and it'll run your migrations. And my binary just started up and it just starts the application and knows where all those templates are and everything. It's, it really is beautiful. It's been one of my biggest pain points in Go web development over the years. All right. So all campiness aside, I built the current Gopher Train website and the current GopherCon website using Buffalo. And it's actually brought joy back to my life in web development. I did Rails for a long time. And I, I like the idea of Rails. Um, there were pain points in Rails that I didn't like, but there were certainly great things about Rails. And Buffalo brings back all of those great things, but in an idiomatic, compiled, type-safe, go sort of way. And it really makes me happy. So I'm excited to have you on today talking about Buffalo because it's brought joy back to my web development life. Aww. Oh, it makes me sad for making fun of you earlier. It should. <laughs> I mean, you know... Because I've never done anything but say nice things about you. <laughs> that is true. That is well, true. Actually, You're... It's, it's not, but you don't know better. So <laughs> Publicly, he's only said nice things. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. Uh, excuse me. I'm being interviewed by Casey Affleck right now. Would you mind being quiet? Yeah, no, no. Well, it's Casey Affleck. You know, the dude, Boston. Ben yeah, okay. Sorry. Um, I was being bothered by a local. <laughs> <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, so, no, I'm <laughs> back to the I, Buffalo IO. I am curious to know what third-party libraries are you using. You already said you were using Gorilla Max, which it's awesome. I think that you made that choice. I'm wondering, are you wrapping around any database library, and what else are you using? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So one of the big things about Buffalo is I believe Buffalo stands on the shoulders of giants. 
Um, and matter of fact, whenever I cut a new release, I generate a file called shoulders.md, which lists all of the packages uh, that I use inside of Buffalo because I want to make sure everybody has the props that they deserve for these wonderful packages. Um, so for me, some of the packages like um, Go Rice, which is, uh, allows you to bundle static files into Go, uh, is a great package. And what I love about that package is you don't have to keep running it in development. It falls back to your file system, which is really, really nice. So you only need to generate those kind of bindings at build time. Um, for you know things like, um, we were using the Raymond package for our templating system, um, but unfortunately we ran into just a few issues with that library, but we leveraged the uh, AST and Lexer and Parser from Raymond and built uh, basically Raymond on top of Raymond, um, but fixing a few of the issues we had and kind of improving upon it, which is, which is a great templating library, and he did a great job building Raymond initially. Uh, a lot of the Gorilla stuff, we use a lot of that. Um, for things like database, we're actually using a package I wrote called POP, which I quite like because it offers actual migrations versus auto migrations. I'm a big fan of being able to control when my database gets upgraded and how. Um, and it's kind of a halfway between magic and halfway between straight go. So it, it's not as heavyweight as some of the other ORM systems out there. I know Brian's used it and is favorable towards it, if I could use those words, Brian. <laughs> You're putting words in my mouth, but yes, um, <laughs> I, I think... I think pop is good uh, and i've used gorm quite a bit in the past which is a whole lot of magic in the um orm side of things and and i like pop quite a bit it's it's not much magic at all but it gives you the power to get things done with with just enough glue on top of sql x in the background i think mark's exactly. been sniffing the glue though that's the problem <laughs> i have i do love sql x that's such a great package um, but yeah, so just a ton of them, just some really great, like Black Friday, um, I support uh, Markdown templates as well as HTML templates. So Black Friday's there. And so just a ton, I'd recommend people check out the shoulders MD file because it's, it really is, there's so many great packages and I'm really appreciative of everybody whose uh, shoulders I get to stand on to build something like this. You know, one cool feature that um, I saw was there that I haven't seen in any of the other frameworks is the REPL which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I pulled in Gore, um, which is, again, an awesome little project. Um, and I do, again, just a little bit. I generate a little bit of code to import your models and actions into the um, REPL right away so you don't have to import those later. Uh, but, yeah, it's really cool. And, uh, again, it wasn't didn't take much time at all to pull something like that in. And if the, if the term REPL sounds odd or confusing to anybody it's I, I believe it's read execute print loop if i recall it might be evaluate yeah it's like, yeah, i think it's evaluate it might be yeah it might be evaluate but it's uh basically just a console to interact with the language with your go application how awesome is that it's very awesome yeah oh and we also the other thing was we also use grift uh which is a library that lets you run kind of reusable tasks, very similar to Rake in the Ruby world, um, which is great for doing things like uh, seeding and stuff like that. Uh, you stole my thunder. I was going to mention Grift. Grift is my favorite part of the whole thing because you get to do that <laughs> that whole Rake thing 
you know, if you're used to the Ruby world where you ran rake DB migrate or whatever, you could make your own grift tasks that interact with your go code. And yesterday was no, not yesterday, maybe Friday. I created a meta grift that runs grift on the remote server. So you can run grift grift and it creates a grift that runs a grift on a remote server, which is just awesome. So you can do your production DB migrations over SSH. Very awesome. My favorite part is being able to say I'm running a grift. I'm running a grift. <laughs> I think you're full of grift. Don't say that in front of that uh, undercover cop. <laughs> well, this Dunkin' Donuts is pretty pretty used to that sort of behavior. <laughs> so, Carlicia, you were about to say something? Yeah, so a couple of things I want to say now. First, actually, I do want to make sure people understand that there is a list listing of all the libraries that Mark is using, and it's worth taking a look. There's some very interesting stuff, including the libraries that were just mentioned. And a lot of the libraries that were just mentioned are actually libraries that Mark have developed. And my previous question is was actually, are you in massive need of help to maintain <laughs> these libraries? How are you managing this? Absolutely. Um, I'm always looking for, for help. I think like any good uh, OSS person uh, is always looking for help. Uh, yeah, they are. Thankfully, with the exception of Buffalo and Pop, a lot of the libraries are very small things that don't do very much. Um, they're just little helpers and, and bits that I find very useful. Um, but some of them are bigger, um, you know, like Pop and, and, and uh, Buffalo. And while Goth is not part of Buffalo, uh, there is a Goth generator. And Goth is probably my most popular package I've written for Go, which is a um, OmniAuth kind of clone. It lets you log, create authentications using OAuth2 and OAuth providers. And that's pretty cool, too. So, yeah, always looking for help. If Goth is really popular, do you think um, Adam follows it on Twitter? <laughs> Probably not. See, I was so drinking tea and I almost spit it out. <laughs> so you can actually make fun of it now because he can't interject. So you can That's say right. whatever you want. Don't break the fourth wall, Adam. Don't do it. <laughs> so I, I actually want to play with Pop because I haven't seen it. Um, I haven't had to do database migrations or anything in a while. Um, but there seem to be some tools, you know, in the early days for migrations, and then uh, many of them seem to get abandoned. So, yeah, I was using one. Um, I think it was called Migrate very early on, um, and it was great. I'm trying to remember what the issues I had were with it. Um, I tend to start. That's kind of my development process. I find something, I love it, I start using it, I try to contribute. If things aren't happening in terms of the maintainers not accepting PRs or they've kind of dropped it, then I end up usually taking things in my own hands, um, which is which is sad. I've asked for, you know, a bit commit on several repos in the past that have gotten nowhere. Um, so I guess my call to OSS maintainers is if you can't maintain your OSS, be willing to to give it up. Be willing to give it to somebody else who wants to maintain it. Yeah, I guess that's a fair, fair point. And and sometimes it's hard too, because sometimes it's not um, it's not intentional, right? Like many of us create little things to solve a purpose, then we share it with the world because we're like, hey, this might be useful to somebody else, and then you forget about it. You know, I've I've <laughs> right. had a couple of those that I'm sure are, probably have GitHub issues that have been open for years, and I've never even seen them. So I did that. Has anybody seen the uh, 
the GitHub statistics thing that's running around Twitter that shows you how many commits you did last year or whatever, there's a list of the GitHub repos that I committed to last year. And I committed to like 213 repos and a hundred and something of them are mine. And I thought to myself, I have a hundred and something Go libraries that I've been maintaining. <laughs> it scared me a little bit. I actually, I can think of maybe one of them. <laughs> so who knows? You yeah. can only hope that they're forks of other people's projects right? that are being maintained. <laughs> uh, I, try, I try to delete my forks as quick as possible. It's, it's for the best. So um, Nathan Youngman in the GoTime FM channel says that the, there is a fork of the migrate library that's our, our tool or whatever you want to call it by Gymnasium that uh, also has Cassandra support. So that's cool. Yeah. I love Cassandra. Too. I think that was my problem with migrate. It wasn't uh, Cassandra support. I just remembered it was, was uh, everything had to be done via parameters on the command line. And it was difficult to work with since I was setting up configurations for within my app. And then now I'm running migrations outside the app and being able to configure all those things with one way was the big, big problem for it. So yeah, Nathan also said he, uh, so Nathan, uh, and this is actually on your shoulders page, uh, FS notify. Yeah. They're really yeah. useful, really useful library. Uh, he says he sucks at maintaining who wants to maintain it. <laughs> so if, if you're looking to help maintain a project. Is this a swap meet? <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely love commit access on FS Notify. I use it a lot. Uh, it's a great library and it's what basically powers the ability for Buffalo to rebuild your binary whenever a library, whenever a file changes. I think you should take it over, Mark. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to get commit access to it. Definitely. <laughs> Look at this. We're making deals, brokering stuff right here at Dunkin' Donuts live in Boston. Right. But Nathan, Nathan has to take commit access on one of my projects, too. That's the way that works. <laughs> oh, nice. Wow. You're smart. <laughs> so uh, I also have to interject. I just saw an email come through and the last early bird ticket for GopherCon is officially gone. Nice. Wow. Yeah. What, today's? One day. Yeah, a day and a half. Wow. Because late tonight, it'll be two full days. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, anyway, I kind of just totally derailed our Buffalo talk, but we'll get back <laughs> that's into That's fantastic. GopherCon is going to be amazing this year. I know that for a fact. It sounds like there will be a lot more people this year than last year. So before we get on to all the news and stuff, I'd love to hear kind of like, so Buffalo is, is kind of uh, just in its infancy. What's the future for Buffalo? What are some of the things you're looking to do with it? Where, where would you like to see it go? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. So we reached 070 yesterday, um, which was a huge release because um, it brought in all that build compatibility yesterday. Uh, things that I would love to see worked on are more generators. I'm a big fan of generating all the things like Brian is. Um, we've got, you know, you can do Buffalo New and it generates a great skeleton app for you. And there's a couple other generators in there that are really wonderful. Um, but I want to extend those and make those even more powerful so that, you know, we could just just get onto the problem of building code, uh, you know, building our apps and not, not all that code. Um, definitely need to look at support for background jobs. Um, I know there are several 
sidekick like worker jobs in in uh, go world and so look at support for those look at support for mailing creating mailers again i look for really nice packages and then just try to write some glue around it that makes it easy for everybody to use you know so making mail interact with background jobs for example is is that little bit of glue that i would probably add so those are definitely things that are on my plate before 1.0 comes down that's awesome yeah that's a lot <laughs> oh and form builders i was working on a form builder today validations you know, validations would be useful too uh yeah those just dropped in pop today actually <laughs> oh, well, look ask and you shall receive <laughs> uh, i'm like that yeah you can now do validate and create validate and save validate and update that sort of thing so yeah those are already in pop and they're ready to go and the generator generates basic validations for you now wow yep all of this since we talked yesterday yeah man i'm a machine do you have a life? <laughs> How does your family feel about your abandonment of their needs? Uh, who? <laughs> <laughs> what feels you, Mark, Dunkin' Donuts? Are How do you the get people, that much done? Are those the people in my house? That explains it all. That explains it. Both my sons call me Mark, which I think is kind of odd. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I don't gotta, think it's supposed to work that way. I don't think so either. I've got a wonderful wife and two wonderful children. Uh, I honestly couldn't be there. I couldn't do any of this without their support. They're wonderful. They always have been, um, you know, my conference talks, my books that I've written, the projects I've started. They've always been big supporters, my my wife in particular. Uh, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at time management. That's honestly the key to doing all of this is if you're terrible at time management, you're just not going to get anything done. Um, so I code pretty feverishly between when my wife and kids leave for school and work in the morning and when I pick them up, uh, the kids up at about five and then from five till eight thirty, nine o'clock, that's I'm a family man. Um, and that's, I just do my things with the family and on the weekends I leverage the kids downtime when they want to be down. You know, I try to leverage those, those free hours, but for the most part, they keep us busy on the weekends. So it's everything I can do to keep it all, all in balance. That's awesome. Just looking at your GitHub, profile it's it, you're prolific i mean it's every two minutes you're putting out a new change and i i think working on buffalo or working with buffalo over the last couple of weeks it's it's blown my mind just like the validations you know i i ask hey you think it would be possible to do x y and z and of course mark's first response is we love pull requests but his second is yeah i added that yesterday so <laughs> i i don't understand how you have time to do it all it's amazing um far more productive than I am. It's because he drinks Dunkin' Donuts coffee. It's because I drink Dunkin' Donuts every morning. I actually do drink Dunkin' Donuts coffee every morning. That is a secret. There we go. <laughs> that is that is a secret. And I only the, the bigger secret is I only started drinking coffee just over a year ago. So I don't know how I was doing this productivity stuff before then. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The, the key is just drinking. Just booze. <laughs> I find that just... <laughs> That's my problem. See, I'm, I'm almost a complete teetotaler. So if I drank well, more, maybe I'd be more productive. Exactly. I, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell the, the funny story is I used to, I've written three books and, uh, over the years and the, the long, the, the, the longest one took me about three or four months to write at night part-time. 
Um, and I would sit down about nine o'clock in the evening after the kids went to bed and I would crack open a six pack of Guinness and a bag of <laughs> peanut M&Ms and I would cut, I would write until like three in the morning and I would just send them off to my editor and I wouldn't even look at them. I would do zero <laughs> revisions. I would just send them off and then they would send me back the changes, you know, and the corrections a couple days later and it would start off perfectly fine. Just, you know, and then as it went on, there'd be a little bit of red and a little bit more red. And then finally by the end, it'd just be like whole paragraphs, just, just dry, you know, scratched out and all red. And, you know, this isn't a word. These aren't sentences. This is the lyrics to I am the walrus. Wait, so you realize what, you, what you're doing is actually getting your editor to write the book for you. Well, no, no. Cause then I'd go back and change, you know, correct the things that were the lyrics to I am the walrus and make them actual sentences again. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I like to think of it. It's, it's the equivalent of, of uh, making uh, an incorrect statement on Stack Overflow and have people just give you the right answer. <laughs> but everything's an incorrect statement on Stack Overflow. So I don't, you know, <laughs> that that that's like saying there's, you know, hatred on uh, on face on uh, Hacker News, right? And that every statement is misguided and misinformed. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not true. Oh my god. Uh, I'm no. hyperventilating here. <laughs> no, this that is, is not funny. true. That is not true. Everything Brian puts on there is full of love and honesty. True. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, suppress your inner editor, I guess, is my <laughs> is how I do that. Oh. Uh, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> So we should probably move on to projects and news. Uh and before that, uh let's take a quick sponsor break. When it comes to profiling and monitoring the performance of your Go applications, Stack Impact is a great service to help you and your team laser focus on hotspot profiling, bottleneck tracing, health monitoring, and more. Stack Impact gives you the necessary historical deep dive performance visibility into your Go application's execution so you can discover and resolve performance bottlenecks with line of code precision. Technically, Stack Impact makes Go's built-in profiling capabilities usable in a production environment. Stack Impact does everything automatically. There's no need to run commands or waste time specifying what to monitor. They've even put their Go agent on GitHub under the BSD license. So if you need to focus on the performance of your Go applications, check out Stack Impact. Head over to stackimpact.com slash gotime to learn more and tell them Brian from GoTime sent you. So projects and news, what do we want to talk about first? Oh my God, there's so much to talk about. So much. I, I think we have to start with the biggest one. Talk about shots fired. Scott Mansfield said shots fired in, in uh, the GoTime Slack channel. Shots fired happened when Google yesterday released Grumpy, which is a Go backend to a Python interpreter. And holy cow, the Python world is completely on its ear. How could you possibly make a Go backend for a Python interpreter? But... If you look at the blog post, the performance of these Python applications that are being run, transpiled into Go, it's insane. I mean, drastically, thousand percent faster. Insane. Really awesome. Yeah, that project looks insanely good. It does. I know that it's not uh, even close to code complete. There's a lot of the Python standard library that's missing. But holy cow, I mean, they, it's fast. It's really fast. And it already works for several cases of python apps so if you've got python code that you're looking to make fast you can run it with the grumpy interpreter and get the best of whatever it is that you like out of python running on the go runtime. 
Admittedly, they did uh, cut a few corners. No C extensions and no global interpreter lock, which is actually a good thing. Well, yeah, you don't want the global interpreter lock. C no, extensions? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, that, that was always a problem with the alternative Ruby versions was they all struggled supporting C extensions. And because of that, people struggled to use them. Yes. We should get uh, Evan Phoenix and Charlie Nutter on here and talk about uh, all of the people that are building alternative rubies and we could just have a big crying festival <laughs> is python one of the approved or supported languages at google i think there it are is. five of them it is okay it is i think yeah. it's one of the primary actually I, I think um if i recall i think youtube is a lot of python yeah so is that why they did this? Because I don't think this will necessarily increase Go adoption. I don't think that's why they did this. No, that's not. If you read the blog post, they did it in order to get better performance out of their Python without having to rewrite all of the Python apps in, in something like Go. Gotcha. So almost for the same reasons of like a, a hip hop VM to PHP yep. or something like that, where right. rather than have to, to make that transition, it's just easier to write something to make your code run faster. I think it's just a tacit admission that Python is slow and their developers can't be taught. Ouch. <laughs> I was waiting for the wow. laughter. There was none. All right, fine. E even I was silent on that. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> whoa, shots fired for real. <laughs> it's, it's hard to change the wheels on a moving bus, as they say, right? Very hard. Right. Absolutely. So Grumpy sounds very exciting. Yeah, so we've actually got like a couple of big things to talk about this week. So um, it is after the first of the year, which means GopherCon 2017 CFP has been opened along with registration. So that's huge. I'm really looking forward to GopherCon this year. Do I understand it correctly that the CFP closes at the end of January? That's correct. We've we've toyed with this, and um, we one of the times we gave everybody 90 days to write a proposal, and what we found was everybody submitted their proposal in the last like 48 hours. So then we gave everybody a month, and everybody submits their proposal in the last 48 hours. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what the timeline is; everybody waits till the end. So if if you have something interesting to talk about definitely submit a proposal. There's three types of things you can submit for. Keynote session or a plenary session that'll be in the main hall, kind of directed towards everybody. Tutorial sessions that'll be kind of like a, a more direct uh, group of people you're speaking to with similar interests. And then um, we actually opened it up for workshops for anybody who has interesting things they want to teach um, in the day before. Uh, the dates of GopherCon are July 13th and 14th are the main talk days. With 15th, uh, we typically used to call this Hack Day. We're now calling it Community Day because I think it's a lot more in line with the spirit of the day. And um, the Go team has has um, continued to kind of increase their presence there. Last year, we had like this really cool community room where they had um, kind of discussions about some hot topics going on with the community. So we're going to kind of expand on that, make that room bigger and get good AV. But yeah, what what else have we changed this year, Brian? Um, I think, I think we decided that we're not going to let Mark Fates MC anything. What? <laughs> oh, oh, I know. There's a big change. The, I love, uh, I love how I find out online in front of everybody. Backslide. 
the CFP this year is hosted on some weird website called PaperCall, papercall.io. Yeah, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about PaperCall. <laughs> and the inside joke is that that's hosted by uh, Mark and someone else. So PaperCall is one of Mark's creations. Now, tell us quickly, you said you were doing some experimentation on PaperCall, running it in Buffalo versus Rails. Give us an idea of how much faster it is in Buffalo versus Rails. Of course, Corey uh, just just jumped into the Slack channel with saying it's not written in but with Buffalo. Um, it, it is not. It is actually written in uh, in in Rails, and it's the bane of my existence because <laughs> because of that. Um, but I have been rewriting it in Buffalo. Don't tell Scott, my co-founder. Okay. Um, he doesn't know, but it's roughly a hundred times faster um, <laughs> and uses something like 40% less memory and CPU usage or something r- ridiculous like that. Wow. Uh, Good stat. Yeah, it's it's insane. Requests that we're taking about 300 milliseconds take about three milliseconds. Um, and the app on average uses about five to six megs of memory versus the rails. You know, we're going to start you with 512 or something along those lines. Nice. So, yeah, it's 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 pretty slick. I'm very excited and desperately trying to uh, to finish it so I can get it out there. Um, but, yeah, paper call is pretty awesome. And if you host a conference, obviously you should host it on paper call. Um, yeah. And speaking of which, the lightning talks, can we talk about those for a minute? Sure. Sure. Because um, I'm sure people will ask. The ones you're not hosting? The ones I'm not hosting. Well, in that case, you know, yeah. screw them. That's <laughs> <I mean. laughs> we, we, we already hired security and they have your picture. I'm just saying. Oh, oh you, uh, what, you just tell Heather, don't let Mark in? Yep. <laughs> she, Pretty she's much. Already, and you know Heather. She, she'll make that happen. <laughs> she has banned me from GopherCon, I think, every single year. And I somehow managed to still sneak in the back door. So uh, <laughs> your, your brother Steve lets me in. <laughs> but, uh, yeah uh no it's uh i'm assuming we're, we're gonna open up lightning talks uh cfp later in the year for those who want to give lightning talks i'm doing a lightning talk yeah focus on the real talks not real exactly. talks but the, the, hey. the primary talks <laughs> lightning talks are important too yeah but so they are they're fake though they're not real that's what eric's saying <laughs> i started the wheels spinning today to get approval to bring my barbecue grill to GopherCon, to the convention center, so that I can do a lightning talk about Cupid and barbecue and IoT using Go and the GoBot framework. So if we can get approval, there will be a lightning talk that involves barbecue with live barbecue. If you are planning to turn that thing on, you're not going to get approval. (laughs) Well, we will just have to see about that. If it can be done, Heather will make it happen. That's right. Our, Our people know people. That is true. If anybody can do it, Heather can. Another cool thing with um, the community day, too, um, that we're going to try to do this year, uh, no promises yet, but we're investigating, is the potential to maybe offer people the ability to just come to community day. So if they don't have the time or uh, financial ability to come to the, the core event, they might still be able to participate in the community day. So we've got to figure out the logistics of that, but that would be really awesome to make happen. That would be very cool. I'm sorry. I just got very distracted by something Corey said. Barbecuing gophers? We all get distracted by things Corey says. This is like the ADHD episode, like squirrel. (laughs) Squirrel. (laughs) Corey, I'm going to kick you out of the channel. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Booted. 
Let's talk about Go 1.8 coming out in February on the 16th. And Dave Cheney, once again, is organizing release party uh, across the globe for Go 1.8. So if you organize a meetup or if you're part of a Go meetup, then uh, we'll put the link in the show notes for a way you can find information about how to do uh, a Go 1.8 release party at your meetup. And we are definitely hosting one here in Tampa for the Tampa Go meetup. It'll be the first meetup we've had in like nine months. But we're going to do one for Go 1.8. And that's a big deal because 1.8 is a big deal. And we're all very excited about it. All right. Other exciting projects. Let's see. These are all my projects. Did you guys do nothing in, in projects and news? I'm just going to say them all because I put them all in here. So a really cool app that I found is called Releaser. And it's in the GitHub repository, github.com slash go releaser slash releaser. And it's an awesome app that does cross compiling and it will automatically build your app and tag a release on GitHub and upload the binaries for you, which is really cool. Something I was looking to do recently and didn't have a way to do without uh, RubyGem. So that one's pretty slick. Uh, I like that a lot. I wish it would actually do the tagging for me, but it doesn't do the tagging yet. I'm sure PRs are accepted. Um, and then a cool one I found this morning, Mutagen, M-U-T-A-G-E-N, at the GitHub repo uh, Havoc-IO Mutagen. You know, I'm a huge fan of synchronizing code between 8,000 different machines that I use. And Mutagen is kind of like a, a Unison clone, if you've used Unison before. And it's really fast and it runs in the background and it has some nice tools. So I was playing with that today. I like Mutagen quite a bit. So what happened to, what was it, SyncThing, I think was the one you were using before? SyncThing ate my breakfast once and I haven't been able to turn it on since. I lost, mm. I lost a day of code with SyncThing and it was, I'm sure it was my fault somehow. But um, yeah, I haven't turned on SyncThing since I lost that day of code. It made me grouchy. You weren't committing, you were just, how, how was your flow? So I was, I was synchronizing code between multiple machines. But, but not committing it? Just committing on one machine? Or? Yeah, just, just, just saving it on one machine and then it gets synchronized to other machines. And something happened, I don't know, I deleted something somewhere and it ended up wiping out the entire source directory for my Go stuff and everything that wasn't committed to GitHub got lost and it made me sad. Ooh, that's that's painful. It was. I stopped using SyncThing at that point. Now, do these things all these tools all work on your Windows machine? Or yes, so far all of them do. I d I just I wish I could remember what I did. I'm sure it was user error, and I don't want to to speak poorly of SyncThing because lots of people use SyncThing very successfully. So I'll take all of the blame for my user error there, but I haven't used it. Then. So basically, it's it's not a SyncThing thing. It's that you're scared you're going to screw it up again. Is what you're saying. Exactly. I'm positive that I'll do something <laughs> foolish and, and lose source code again. I don't want to do that. I do all of my development in Dropbox. Dropbox? I did that. Everything. So I did that early, early on, but I stopped doing it. Yeah, I do everything in Dropbox. Yeah, I had a bad experience with Dropbox. It sounds like everybody's vodka story. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I drank too much Dropbox once. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, knock on wood and... Five or six years, I've never had anything bad happen. And almost my entire home folder is in there. Just git commit, you'll be fine. Uh, see, see, so that's the scary thing about having 100% synchronization over a backup strategy, right? Is that if you destroy the file in one place, you destroy it everywhere, right? Ah, see, Dropbox offers history. It does. Yeah. It does. It does. Well, 
again, I'm sure it was user error, <laughs> webcac. <laughs> so the last awesome tool I found is called Prism. And there's an article on Medium today. Let me copy and paste that URL. Is Medium still going today? Oh, just for today. You know, it's it's up right now, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? So Prism is a pretty nifty uh, open source profiling tool for Go code. And the thing that I really like about Prism is that it shows historical diffs over time. So you can make, you can run a profile on your app and it has a, a pretty decent looking output, uh, better than PProf, obviously. And as you make changes to your application, you can diff, you can view the difference in those profiling changes from the most current revision to the last one, or you can view the entire profile difference. And so you can say this change made me 5% faster, but since I started profiling, I'm a thousand percent faster. So it's really neat to show uh, historical changes in your uh, profiling and it's got a nice interface. It looks really easy to use. I have not yet tried to use it, but it looks pretty nice. So Prism, um, I don't even remember what company released it, but it looked pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't played with it myself personally, but I, I love the aesthetics of it like the comparison against previous versions and the name is cool too prism and it's you know inspecting stuff monitoring stuff yeah sounds like a cia black ops project prism <laughs> i think i want to say those those were kind of the core things this week that we ran across there was probably some other stuff but two weeks away is a long time it is and by we we mean brian <laughs> <laughs> we just ride it on your back, Brian. Hey, hey! In my defense, I dropped the grumpy link in the GoTime FM oh. uh, channel for the hosts a while back, a couple of days ago, something like that. So only after I saw it, though. <laughs> it's too late. Nice try. Can I can I say that then? Yes. Does, does that count? I I saw all the stuff first. I just you know was lazy and decided to let you do it. You know. Yep. That's fine. Nobody will believe it, though. Works for me. So uh, let's move on to uh, Free Software Friday. So this is the part of the show where we give shout outs to uh, projects and people that make all of our lives easier. So who wants to go first? Nobody? I, I can go first. I want to give a shout out to this library called Refresh. It sounds pretty cool. Uh, I'm actually going to start using it. I just found out about it, and guess what? It was written by our guest. What? Yeah. I know. So basically, it refreshes uh, if you're running, um, if you're working with a project, Go project, and you run this library. If you change your Go files, you will the what is it, Mark? Why don't you explain it? I know what it does. <laughs> I'm just having trouble explaining it. Uh, it's pretty simple. There are actually a few of these types of libraries out there, but essentially it watches your file system using uh, the FS notify package. And as you go files change or files that you say I'm watching uh, change, it'll rebuild your go binary and start it back up again. Yeah. Now, does that use IO notify under the background? Uh, FS notify. Yeah. FS. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Nathan. It also offers a web hook that you can put into your Go code that will show you in your web browser what error has occurred compiling your app. Nice. So I have something embarrassing to share, but I will because I don't care. 
I lost half a day one time uh, doing work and checking my work manually and the changes weren't appearing. And I thought because I was just doing it wrong <laughs> and I forgot that I had to rebuild my binary. Oh my God. Okay. That is embarrassing. I probably wouldn't have told anybody that. I know. So, but never again though. I never did it again. <laughs> uh, I've done, I've done similar things though, too. I, I was building a CNI plugin for Kubernetes, which is the container, container networking interface. Uh, to basically control the networking interfaces that pop up in the container and their IPs and all that stuff. And I couldn't figure out for, it was at least a day, maybe a day and a half, why my CNI plugin was not getting called. And I realized that I was using host networking and of course, host <laughs> networking does not need to call us, you know? So yeah, that kind of sucked. It's like, talk about some time wasted. <laughs> That's not as bad as developing on a remote Linux box and then opening localhost colon 8080 and wondering why your web server isn't started. <laughs> oh, I, I can beat that. I have had Vim open and in my file, my finder, I have deleted the, the folder and have been editing in the trash folder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The pain. It's happened to everybody. I feel better now. Those are those days where you're like, Am I really qualified to, to do what I do? <laughs> no. The answer is always no. It's just always no. A resounding no. Those are the days I just get up and watch Police Academy. <laughs> uh, just all of them. Back back. Even the non-Gutenberg the non -Gutenberg ones. Sorry. No, those are terrible. So my Free Software Friday shout out is for Buffalo. Even though it's topical today, it really has changed how I look at web development and Go. I didn't used to think that web development and Go was fun, even though I typically consider myself a Go apologist. And I said, oh, absolutely, you can do web development and Go. It still wasn't fun. Now it is again, and I very much appreciate that application and whatever guy is that wrote it. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I feel exactly the same way. Sounds like that guy will be getting into GopherCon after all. Nope. <laughs> No. <laughs> Pictures at the door. Okay. He's he's got wait wait what's our countdown here? 189 days to redeem himself. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like grow a beard, dye my hair. Then we might let him in on good behavior. I'm just gonna tell everybody I'm Corey Lanou, and then I'll definitely not get in. I guess. No, he's invited. Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, did you have anybody you wanted to, to give a shout out to, Mark? I know you like the shoulders of giants. Uh, I was actually just going to point people at my shoulders of giants file because there's too many people to thank um, for all their great work that they've done, not just for Buffalo, but just in general. You know, everybody who's committed to Gorilla and everybody who's committed to, you know, people like Fatih for all the work he's done in the community and Dave Cheney. And if you haven't used Dave Cheney's errors package, oh, what are you waiting for? You yeah, you know. There's just so many. I just go there and find all those people and say thank you to them because they, they do great work. Yeah. Awesome. So you actually brought up mine in yours. I'm actually going to think of person, which is uh, Dave Cheney. So many of us have learned a lot about the language through a lot of his blog posts. But he participates, I think, in a lot of stuff that people don't even really know. Uh, he, I mean, he's constantly behind the scenes contributing to projects. 
uh, to proposals to the Go stuff. I think he's involved in almost every Go conference, you know, to varying degrees of capacity. Uh, I mean, he's the, the program chair for GopherCon. So the great programs that we have uh, at the conference are, are largely thanks to him and all the work that he does in his spare time there. So I think we can't give uh, Dave enough props for all that he does in the Go community. Even if he's Australian? <laughs> Even if he's Australian, especially if he's Australian. Yeah, David's awesome. Yeah, somebody on, on Slack mentioned that uh, the errors package should be in standard library. I've been I've been begging for that ever since it came out. And I think we need to start an actual movement and just get it to happen because it's completely compatible with the errors package in standard library. There is no reason not to have it included. So let's let's start calling our representatives and elected officials and make that happen. <laughs> I 100% absolutely agree. Not having stack traces and errors seems like a, a bit of an oversight. And being able to have those back because of Dave Cheney is amazing. Yes. Thanks, Dave. We love you. I would say I'd buy a mistake, but I've already done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one more one one more shout out I'd like to make because it just dawned on me. Uh, the Oct tree plugin for safari chrome firefox if you haven't seen it it's amazing uh you plug it in it's a plugin and on the left hand side of your screen you have a file tree for github repos oh i have seen that i, I want to say that i did it right away at, right after they released it and it it crashed chrome for me is it more stable now I, i've been using it for ages and it's amazing I, I honestly can't imagine using github without it that is awesome yeah oh that is really cool it, it's a non it's a non-go shout out but i i was looking at something on github just now and i was like oh my god i need to to, to shout out to this yeah we, free software friday doesn't have to be just go exactly yeah we've uh we've we've uh thanked many a tools that we use on a daily basis <laughs> who are you calling a tool This show just just went from PG to PG thirteen. Excuse me, just one second. I will leave when I am damn well good and ready to leave. <laughs> no, I, I I no, I haven't bought anything, and I don't plan on buying anything. How's that? <laughs> I'm on with Casey Affleck. K yeah, Casey, not Ben. Yeah, the the, the talented one. The talented one. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Sorry about that. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, I think that wraps Sorry. our show. Yeah, that's a wrap, kids. <laughs> so, so people are either gonna and they're gonna leave this episode with either the feeling that they've they've listened to Comedy Hour or just completely confused. I don't know if we lowered or, or raised the bar by a lot. It's but it's one of the two. The bar is typically lowered whenever I enter a room, so uh, <laughs> I tend to bring a halt, screeching halt, to anything I'm a part of. So, yeah. <laughs> if if this episode is one of your favorites, thank Mark. If it's one of your least favorites, just know that whenever Mark shows up, he brings the collective intelligence of the room down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, you know what's really embarrassing? I just finished a live class for O'Reilly, and I, I think there were 250 or 300 people in the class, and I said, everybody needs to go listen live at, at changelog.com slash live after this class. That might have been a mistake. Do you feel sorry now? Yeah. Sorry, everyone. That might have been a mistake. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. It is.
Mark is why we can't have. Well, actually, Mark is what brings the love back to, to go web development. So we're going to let it slide this time. It's oh, a love hate relationship. Yes. I, I always joke my parents recently moved in down the street from me. What? And so now I joke. Yeah, it's don't even. Uh, so, so they live down the street from me and, and I say it's like living in a sitcom now. Everybody hates Mark. <laughs> so now I know the story of how you lost power. They're like, nobody needs more Mark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, so we should probably end the madness. Uh, <laughs> definitely thanks to everybody who's on the show. Thank you, Mark, for coming on the show. Uh, thank you to everybody who's listening to live. And uh, we'll be listening to this when the recording is released. If you aren't currently, uh, we are GoTime.fm. Uh, We're GoTime.fm on Twitter. And there's also a GoTime.fm Slack channel. If you subscribe, uh, we will have a weekly email uh, starting up sometime. Uh, if you want to be on the show or have suggestions for people on the show, uh, github.com slash gotimefm slash ping. Uh, huge shout out to our sponsor, Stack Impact, for sponsoring the show. Uh, and with that, bye, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks, Mark. Goodbye. Thank you, guys. This was fun. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>